We there yet? We there yet? The podcast with Rich Kiamko. Ah, that's me. I'm here with Clayne Gessel, who is, uh, well, I, I just went to the gallery in Soho, the National Ge- it's called the National Geographic Fine Art Gallery. Fine, yeah. It's a fine yeah. art gallery. Yeah. But you were on the cover, and I want to I get this title right, because you're the cover yeah. of the National Geographic like, coffee table book? Yeah. I mean, yeah, their book. that's like the cover of the cover of covers. It is. It's, it's quite an honor. Not a lot of photographers get selected for it, and it's, um, I'm very honored. Right. I mean, it's like America's Next Top Model, Top Model, Top Model. I mean, it's very... It is. For photographers. Know, for photographers. Yes. You don't have to be good looking, clearly. No, well, yeah. oh, no, you're cute. You're cute. And you're cute, which is weird. Because sometimes, like, a photographer comes in, you're like, wow, ooh, keep him behind the camera. No, <laughs> exactly. But, you, you, but uh, clearly cute. But the work that I, I've seen, your Instagram, I see, and, and the photos that I... At the gallery, and I was like... And this, well, you can't see this one in the, but this other one, which we could do a clip yeah. of. Yeah. It was like, obviously this is a drone, or you're levitating. You a have a bit of both. A little bit of both. Yes. <laughs> but, like, how, like, what was your, like, what brought you to photography? Like, how did you, you didn't wake up, like, were you four and someone gave you a camera and you just went off? Or, or is this something you discovered on your own? Did no. your parents make you do it? Like, go out and take photos? Or, Go, Boy, go out and do something. I mean, it's my family, but I'm just yeah. taking my mom on your on you, telling you, shaming you into being a photographer, right? Which is how, how did you find it? Yeah, it's I'm completely self-taught. So wow. did you degree, go to school or just? Yeah, yeah, okay. graduated from the University of Washington, but I've never taken a photography class. Degree was in business communication, something completely different. Really? Mm-hmm. And then yeah. now you're on the cover of the cover of covers. Yes. Naturally, yeah. Yeah. So Crazy. just completely self-taught. It's just about having a passion for doing something. And going for it and really um i think the harder it's a it's a saying by henry ford right the harder you work the luckier you get mm-hmm. and that's mm-hmm. completely true i work a lot and i think it was just um a stroke of luck of people coming across the right photo that i had shot at the right time and they selected it and uh and here we are yeah i mean like how, how did someone in national geographic know that you exist they don't. <laughs> they <laughs> but, still but don't. You're the, but you're on the cover of covers of covers of the coffee um, table book. Yeah, they every year they do a call for photos and they um. ask people to send in some of their best photos that they've shot. So I had sent in for years and years and nothing, of course, ever happened. And finally this year they said, yeah, we want to use it in the book. Then a few weeks later they wrote back and said, we actually want it to be on the cover. Oh my God! Like, okay, great. I'm this sorry, I'm awesome. more excited than you are. Like. That's yeah. crazy. And then a few weeks after that, they said, we also want to put the image in the National Ge- Geographic Fine Art Galleries across the world. So wow. it was like, okay, great. So there's, I don't know, 15 or 20 of these galleries. Wow. And so they sell it in all of the galleries across the country. That's so, like, yeah. but now, was that a dream come true or is on the side? Like, did, like this was this on your vision board? Like, yeah, oh. yeah, it was. It was, it was. I, love I think it. I think every photographer wants it. It's something that's... Um, it's simply merit-based, right? It's not like, there's no politics in it. It's not who you know. Well, because they just, they're looking at, sli- they're not looking at names. They're just right. looking at images. Exactly. And they decide exactly. this is a great image. So it right. doesn't matter who your family is right. or who your whatever connections are. I mean, I guess it's an open yeah. submission, right? So anyone, right. and you just email this giant file. Yeah. Yeah, basically. You just send <laughs> oh in your God. photos one at a time and they pick it. And it's quite an honor to be picked because, you know, like I said, it's all about 
the quality of the image, whereas a lot of these other awards that you can win as a photographer are basically just who you know or, you know, right. if you pay a certain magazine to advertise in them, then they'll promote you, vice wow. versa. That's kind of how, wow. how it works. Right, right, pay yeah. to play. But this was not, this is fully yeah. content-based. Yeah. So whether or not exactly. you had product in your hair, Yes. Or abs or cute or, or cute girlfriend, the above. Of the above. Yeah. whether your parents approve of you or not, doesn't matter. Exactly. Yeah. Wow. So it's pretty great. And um, to, to that point, I feel like it had been on my vision board for a while. And finally getting it, you kind of realize that the process never ends. Mm -hmm. Right. It's kind of like always having a carrot in front of you, which is a great thing to work for. But I feel like the more that I've won or the more things, you know, at first it was like, oh, I wanted to shoot, this was back when I was living in Seattle, but it was like, oh, I want to shoot a destination wedding in Hawaii. That would be a career goal of mine. And so then I did, and now I've done a hundred of them. And you realize that you don't like to go to Hawaii as much as you thought you would, but also. <laughs> oh my God. Well, this will be hashtag tourism bureau plug. But also that, um, also that there's always a next, right? So then you want to be published in this magazine or that magazine, or you want to shoot in Italy or this place or that place. And finally you get that and you realize, you know, that it's an all consuming need. And I, I feel like there's not enough emphasis on what you're doing right now. Mm-hmm and stop dangling the stick in front of yourself and more of just really enjoy the process mm -hmm. because that's where if you can't enjoy the process of where you are now no amount of accomplishment will ever make you happy and that's kind of been a, a very hard lesson to learn wow um, that that's because like the whole idea of we there yet yeah. is uh, yeah. this podcast of we there yet is like well there's always the thing you get but then are you really what right. is there right because it's the there oh gosh, somewhere exactly else right. and so are you yeah. always looking outside of this moment right because like you just said like if you can enjoy the process like i'm still learning like oh what if i enjoy yeah. this unknown today's unknown is can i be in this unknown it's hard it's really hard and i feel like a lot of it is just understanding that the little things that make you happy right like you walk outside and sunshine hits your face and you feel just a little bit warmer it's those really little things and living in the moment that really truly uh, make you happy at least for me and I feel like when you think about the future, what's next, what if, what da 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 da, if you think about the past, which is if I had done this differently, or what about this, or thinking about a relationship that went south, or whatever the case may be, if you're thinking about those things, you're not allowing yourself to be present because your mind is constantly thinking about those things. So just kind of when they come into your mind, kind of pushing them out and just saying, well, what about now? Like right now, how am I feeling? Am I happy? Like doing a body check, right? Like right, how am right. I feeling? Is my heart rate up? Why am I feeling this way? And kind of like bringing yourself down and lowering your, your own anxiety level and your own heart rate, that helps a lot just right. to kind of calm right. your mind and being in the now. Um, I, I don't know about the, the uh, are you ever there? Because I don't think anyone is ever there. You know, if you ask the world's best astronomer, who knows everything about stars. And you say, you know, well, you know everything about stars. What is, you know, tell me about it. And he was like, no, I know nothing about stars. Because he realizes that the more you know, the more you know you don't know. Right, right. And it's one of those things of like, it, you can really just work yourself into a downward spiral, kind of going mad right. with everything that there is or all that is next. Because what is enough? How do you define yeah. enough? Like when do you, how do you know you're full? Like, right. if, and if I say I'm full, like right. that comes from the idea that, well, there has to be an empty, uh, there has to be an empty that has to be filled. Right. And then I have to figure out how much of the empty do I need to stuff 
I mean, this is a conversation I had. Like, I yeah, I had opened for this right. like, celebrity in Las Vegas, and I got there. I'm like, this is the big moment. This is going to be the whole thing. Yeah. And he's meditating after the show, and I'm like, okay, cool. I'm into that. I'm totally into spiritual stuff. And then when he's sharing, like, the but basically the gist of the meditation was just, you know, no matter how many shows you do or how much achievement or how righteous or whatever you do, when you go back to your hotel room, the emptiness is waiting for you. Yes. Uh, embrace and it's real the emptiness, yeah, right? Because like, I mean, I'm imagine like you were not the photo on the cover. Where that's like in the Galapagos. It's in um, Patagonia. Patagonia. So, so yeah. you you're, you're like the, the extremity to get to this is that with were you on the little a paddle yeah. boat? Yeah, on a it, little tiny boat. And this is like a still. It looks sort of like smooth stalactites or I don't yeah, know what it's, it is. It's a marble cave fed by glacial water. So the blue water, it's it's really super. You've seen glacial water; it's super silky. You can't see all the way through it, right? Right. Super, super, but it's really beautiful, and it feeds into this cave that has turned blue with the erosion over time. Okay. Okay. Yeah, it's really a very beautiful place. But even when you're there, you're just thinking, "What's next? What's next?" But then you're looking back on all the photos as a photographer, and you're like, "Was I really living in that moment?" Right. Well, do you feel because you're like, you're, do you, I mean, I I'm not a professional photographer, but I travel. I'm like, I just like, I almost feel like when I see people doing selfies, I'm like, I want to slap them. Yes. I'm fucking like, be here. You're on the you're in the pyramids. You're in the whatever. And like, be, and that, but meanwhile, I'm like, I'm snapping away. I'm not oh, doing a selfie. Is. I'm just right. snapping around. And going, Am I really here? Yeah. Have I, was I really in Munich? Was I really right. in the Philippines when I was there? Yeah. Right, right, right. Everybody wants to remember the, the times that they were there. That's why they're always taking pictures. And that's why, you know, weddings are so so big these days. I mean, people can spend millions of dollars on a wedding just to... And the photographer, too. Talk about overpriced. Right. <laughs> just, <laughs> Actually shoot yourself just, in the foot. Yes, right, exactly. Right, right. But it's really just to capture those memories. But it, the, the real question is, are we actually living in those moments that we're trying to remember? Right. Or are we just thinking about, oh, I, I want this picture of me in front of a pyramid. Okay, now I'm going to go on to Domino's Pizza. And, you know, whatever. What's next, right? right. Is there a Domino's in, in Cairo? There is a Domino's in Cairo. I know yes. there's Cheetos, and I knew there was a McDonald's. When I yes. was in Cairo, I'm like, oh my God, there's a McDonald's? Yes, oh God, this everywhere. Is, this is killing it. This is just totally killing yep. it for me. Or Wendy's. They everywhere. had Cheetos with like Egyptian writing, <laughs> and I had to have one just to know the palate for Cheetos is a little spicier in Egypt. Is it? It was like, this. Yeah. these aren't Cheetos. This is something else. <laughs> but I'm, I'm sure, you know, you have to... Anyway. But again, like I think the idea that you said of, are, are, is anyone really there? While right. they're, do- they're paying you to document. And even you are challenged. Like, am I here? Because I think, yeah. I would think like you're taking this photo. But at the same time, you have a timeline of what needs to be shot for the wedding, right? Yeah. And timeline yeah. of, all, and then you also have ideas of what do you want to shoot in the space. There's the sun, you know, whatever's happening in time, right. in the environment, or maybe it's going to be raining, maybe there's clouds. Yeah, no, to that point, exactly. I feel like all like everybody should, and I've been trying to do it more, it's really hard, but really try and take a picture of yourself throughout every day. But not just a picture, right? Not like, not like a selfie, but like a mental image at like, you know, 9.32 in the morning, I'm feeling this because of this, or I'm feeling this way, or I'm feeling whatever. And really try and remember that, not just where you are, or who you're with, but how you're feeling on the inside. Right, right. And try and continue to do that throughout the day. And I think that can provide a lot of answers to a lot of questions that people don't know they have. Right. right? Like they go home and they're unhappy, but why? Or they're feeling this way, but why? But if you're actually paying more attention to yourself and living in the now, or at least just just really kind of trying to capture 
the emotions throughout the day, I think that really helps a lot and leads to a lot of, you know, it can answer a lot of those questions of like, why am I unhappy or why, you know, what am I not looking at or what am I exactly? Running? I mean, I, I have a, a journal. I'm, I have a journal. I meditate. I do all these things in the morning and I'm like, I'm adding more things that are quote unquote required self-care before I leave my bill because like I can get like okay I'm gonna meditate and then I'm crazy all day you know right. running doing all these things and I find like all oh, right what am I just tapping in like where am I feeling mm -hmm. where's my body where oh or the exactly. whole I feel like sometimes I'm like oh my god I wasted all this time running around like all I need to do is be in my body yeah and then I can have this thing that I be I'm trying to get everything else to to, to connect to me everything else to fill me or yeah. everything else to be with me. I need you to see me. Can you, can this random audience please validate me? Yes. Or can you, the person I'm dating, can you please witness me so I feel seen? Yes. You know, because I know that my parents, obviously, I'm not a comedian because my parents saw me, right? <laughs> and they were sitting here witnessing, we validate your feelings, you are enough. My parents never sat there and said, you're enough. Right. right? It was always right. like, do this and we'll love you. Do that and we'll love right. you. Right. Yeah. Why did you do this? Is the, was the divorce really necessary? Like, thanks, mom. Yeah. Like, really seeing me as an adult. Right. But I know that I have to do that for myself. I can't. I, they, my parents couldn't do it as a kid, and now as an adult, I'm like, oh, I have to parent myself. This whole time, I'm supposed to be parenting myself, and I, I was waiting for this next thing yeah, to do Yeah, that's it. the tragedy of it, but that's why we're all here to learn, and I think that's a big part of it, is realizing your, the juxtaposition in your head and, and everyone's head between them and their parents, or who they thought they should be, or who their parents thought they should be, and who they are. Right? And who you think you should be. Yeah, exactly. In everybody's life, that's a, you know, there's a schism there because nobody turns out exactly, unless you're Bill Gates or I don't know. Long I know. And, and we should ask Bill Gates. Like, is yeah. he really living his best? Probably not. He dropped out of Harvard. Or, right, right, know, right. Or all Stephen these... Hawking or right, all right. of these people that right. we think are supposed to be where they are. Maybe they don't feel that way. I think it's completely subjective, but it's all how you view yourself. I mean, I remember I, I, I was, I'd say, acquaintances with this multi-billionaire. And there'd be times like, I'm just going to stay home and chill tonight. I'm like, do you need to explain to me and justify that you're not going to be on some red carpet with some celebrities with your multi-billion dollar life? Yeah. Do you have all these Picassos in your living room you don't even care about? Yeah. And I just thought, God, give me like two million. I'll show you how to like totally, <laughs> totally like live it. And I realized it's just the yeah. inside job, the ridiculousness. It really is. You know, I, there's a saying, I can't remember who said it, but they said, um, I wish that everybody could be rich and famous so they could see that that's not the answer. Mm. And it makes perfect sense. I mean, I'm nowhere near rich or famous, but just understanding the other side of it, of like, you know, being unhappy for so long by trying to get validation from other people and realizing that the only place that that validation can come from is inside you. And that's a really, really bitter pill to swallow because then then you're responsible. Then right. you're responsible for all of your unhappiness, all, right. of, all of the things. And that not your loved one or your right. friend. And you can't, you have to take onus. It's not your parents' fault. It's like, oh right. my gosh, this is, this is me. And, it, and not only that, but then you've been shooting yourself in the foot because you've been unhappy for X number of years. And it's I, your own I've, fault. I've been the one shooting myself. <laughs> exactly. Right, right. I'm like, no, can it be their fault? Can it be someone else's fault? Please. Yeah. Right. So what do you do? What do you do for... To, to true to like search for happiness or to search for you know being present in the moment because I think they're related. Well, I think one of the things as you talk about that, I realized like I used to work like in the fashion industry. It was you know yeah. as you're a photographer. I mean, I'm working chasing these invisible targets that don't exist, but everyone's chasing on a deadline to meet. Mm -hmm. And I remember thinking, I mean, I had been a showgirl for many years, a backup dancer for this 
celebrity comedian. And I remember my parents going, you have to get the job and you have to wear pants. And I'm like, no, I don't want to wear pants. I don't want to be a doll. I'm happy because I get to be a show. But I wear other ridiculous. I was doing all these ridiculous things in Las Vegas on the road. And I, I and there were times I was just crying. Like I'm rollerblading in underwear right now. I'm getting paid to do this. This is crazy. Yeah. But I realized like a part of it was like, wow, I gave myself permission to just break kind of the. Per- I mean, it was already bad enough. I didn't, I didn't get married, have a wife, kids, and go to medical school. I became a designer, then like a showgirl and a comedian and all these things. But I was cha- and I was in all this meditative spiritual kind of exploration but at the same time i was also like overcompensating and like this you know i was in egypt with marianne williamson on a retreat and i brought all this priscilla crazy outfits great photos in the desert in front of the sphinx while they're like military guys about to shoot me because they think i'm like a security (laughs) risk it was completely inappropriate i had no i was like you know i was young but i was i remember doing a one-on-one with marianne and you, after the whole week of you going to all these sites, you're doing yoga, meditation, rituals, you have a one-on-one, and she basically takes your inventory in, in a really loving way, but calls you out. She's like, Rich, you know, you've got all this stuff you're wearing, and you know, who you are, and your culture, and your people are already spicy and flavorful, and you're pouring all this syrup yeah. on the pancakes that are already enough. And I'm thinking... That makes perfect sense. And I just looked at her like, bitch, I did not pay $5,000 for this retreat. You tell me that I'm enough. I came here for merch, for swag, and for some other thing to happen. some selfies. I needed... This is before selfies. This is is a lot while ago before it was even like internet. But I remember thinking, I was embarrassed. And I I heard... A part of me heard her. Another part was embarrassed. Another part was like, oh my God. But I don't think I had the metabolism to really digest what is it mean to be enough. Like now, I've left the fashion industry, I've been, and I've left this 14-year marriage. I'm a comedian, and I'm, you know, I'm not some global brand of comedy or, yeah. or plant-based wellness or something. But it's like the, the I think the, the kind of the snarky, disappointing, wonderful moment is like, oh my, have I been enough this whole time? Am I actually having a decent life now and no one else knows? Yeah. Like, I don't have to hashtag I'm enough. Although there are times I'm like, oh my God, am I going to cry right now? Going, oh, I think I'm already enough. Like, am I done? Like, is, I'm not done, but I could be enough and still unfold. And I think I'm learning now how to keep creating from a place of enoughness, which is weird because I'm used to being from lack. Like, I gotta go, I gotta network, I gotta schmooze. Yeah, that's, and, I, yeah. and I know how to, like, like you were saying before, like if it's, we're shooting ourselves in our own foot, I feel like I created like, like, like uh, blow darts and throw stars and all these like yeah. special weapons from what I learned as a kid and growing up of how to network and make this happen from a, not being enough. But when you tell me I'm enough, I don't need all these weapons. Like, what do, I, what do I do with them? I have a lot of accessories. I got all this arsenal. And now what? Well, I think it served you really well, right? It served yeah, you really well. Yeah, because it, that lack has made you who you are. Oh, I mean, look at, like, yeah, I've had this whole, this whole personality and I can walk into a room of complete strangers and make them love me because yeah. that's my job. But it's also because I never felt like anyone loved me when I was a kid. So I had to figure out how to like right. dance, monkey, you know? Yes. <laughs> you have to feel loved. I get it. You right, do. right. I came in here and you guys were all trying to serve me something. I'm like, I just had lunch. Well, do you sure you don't want to, you want to, you were trying to serve me like 500 other calories that yes. I didn't need. I mean, it was sweet, but I felt like we're having a parallel, like you're like SPF 80 and I'm, but I'm having the same family experience with you. Wait, isn't your mother 
Filipino. Wait, what, what's your... Yeah, my mom's uh, Mexican Filipino. Yeah. yeah. Which I met her. I don't look Japan. like it, but yeah. Right, right. You just. You, yeah. And then your father. Um, he's the German Irish, which oh, okay. is where my, my whiteness comes yeah, from. Yeah, because I was like, I didn't see like you totally. <laughs> Not at all. But if you saw my mom, it would make sense. Right, yeah. right. Well, well, she's sort of mixed. I was. She said she was Filipino. I'm like, mm, I'm already yeah. scanning. I'm, like, I'm doing my own inner twenty three me. I'm like, I don't think you're a hundred percent Filipino. No, no, no. She's not. She's a quarter Filipino and a quarter ish Mexican. And then another. What's the and other? then French. She has oh, French okay. Food. So that's why. Because you yeah. got like. She has a dark skin, but she has green eyes. Yeah, so yeah. yeah. So I was like, okay. Yeah. She has that sort of. Little bit of Filipino. Yeah. We have a. She had that sort of Vanessa William eye. You know? <laughs> yeah. No, no. She's great. She's uh, yeah. And you know, parents, they're always. Pushing their, their themselves on you, which is great, but I feel like um, you know to your point. I feel like a lot of the who we are is trying to overcome what we've been taught or told about ourselves, and I think enough is just simply the ability to forgive yourself, right? Enough mm -hmm. is because we are so much easier on other people than we are on ourselves. So much easier. I mean, even people that like really hurt us or steal something or whatever the case may be. A lot of times we just move on with our lives like it, it happened you know the punishment can be served or whatever and then you can move on but a lot of times the things that you do that nobody knows about you can beat yourself up over that for years and right a part of you can be in prison still even now like mm -hmm. and that oh yeah that out. and so I, I don't know enough is a really difficult term for you to come to terms with same with me same with most people but I think it all starts with just understanding that we're human and and that's hard to do though What's the big betrayal that you had to like learn this from? Um, you know, I think it I think it was my parents growing up Mormon, which is a very naughty word, right? <laughs> um, and you grew up. Where did you grow up? I grew up outside of Seattle. Okay. Outside of Seattle. Um, what like Issaquah or in Kent? If you're familiar with okay. the area, okay. yeah, uh, it's close to Issaquah, 15, yeah. 20 minutes away. I grew up in a religion which, in and of itself, can be a good thing for most people. But I feel like there was a lot about the religion that I wasn't told about and allowed to make my own choices about. Mm -hmm. And I f still feel like a lot of those facts go overlooked. And the, the internet has caused a lot of you know the church to kind of come forward and say, oh yeah, this happened. Or, oh yeah, Joseph Smith actually did have 37 wives. Oh yes, four of them were 14. But he, you know they're denying that he had sex with them or whatever the case oh may be. God. Whatever. Right, right, right. Was <laughs> out, by the way, underage. But he was out proselyting against polygamy when he had secretly already taken twenty-four wives. Wow. And this is all you know written. Oh, facts. this. But this is also political for him to like be able to exist. Oh yeah. In the United States, yeah. it's like we don't do that. We don't do that. Right. I got thirty-seven in the back. But like, exactly. We don't really do that, right? He had run for president three times. He started printing his own money. Um, he had, you know, the, the Mormon Legion was a massive, uh, a massive army that was second only to the U.S. Army. Wow. In the middle of, yeah, no, he had built this, this army of, you know, he was a very formidable figure for sure. And I'm not upset about any of that, actually. What I'm upset about was that nobody said, this is the other side of what you're learning. Like, you learn all this great stuff about him, that he was a prophet and God chose him and da 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 And then he was martyred and all this stuff happened when in reality, you know, he fired the first shot. He killed him, you know, whatever, whatever the case may be. I just feel a lot of injustice because I was never, I was blindsided. Like mm. I was only taught one side of one thing and this is what you believe. You don't have a choice but to believe it. And you also don't get to know the other facts while people, you know, like my parents uh, knew, they knew a lot of that stuff. And I feel like that's okay. And this is of course not the worst atrocity that I'm sure you've come across, but just 
But, but, it, it just, I just want to like validate before you start. Well, it's a horrific paradigm shift from what I was taught to what I believed and what was true. Yeah. Before you like dismiss that, it does shape yourself and your journey. It really does. And it's more, I think it's more about just like wanting approval from your parents. We all do. They have these shoestrings their whole life. And, and I was, you know, talking to my mom and I said, you know, I think my dad respects me, finally. Um, I don't think he actually respected me until I made more money than he did. He was, <laughs> it's true because he was always like, um, you know, you ever going to get a real job or, you know, you, you're going to go on one of your little photo shoots. And he would say like, wow. Uh, yeah. But I met your dad briefly yeah. and he was, he's got quite the snark. He's yeah. Got this yeah. Laser, I mean, oh yeah. Super snarky. My, my friend, we were saying, we were talking about oh, Mankind gosh. Project and my, and my friend had visited him, uh, one of our groups. And he, he yeah. and he, Sandy joked like, "Yeah, I came to one group and I just forgave my father and I moved on." And then your dad, and that instant said, "Well, Clay still has some work to do on forgiving us." I said, "Yeah, he needs more." Money. Whatever he said no, was like, "Snap!" I'm like, "Ooh, super, super snarky." I get snark. it, but it's true. I feel like there's a lot there that still needs to be uncovered. We're working on it. Right. But yeah, it's really, really but like, the way he did that in front of <laughs> random people in a gallery, Dad. <laughs> Yep, that's that's dad for you. But you know, he just wants to be heard and listened to. Well, he wants to be heard too and seen, yeah. right? I mean, yeah. I want to be seen. Dad, I don't need you to be seen. I need you to see me, and no one saw him. Exactly. So how would he know? Yeah. How to see no, you? It's so true. If no one showed him how to do that, I mean, I, exactly of course, right. I'm getting your giving your dad a pass while I'm just like want to waterboard my mom and dad for not fucking saying, right? Yeah. You know, I'm not to be a showgirl in Vegas, but I don't want you to come to the show. But I want to be seen. You know, but don't look at me. You know, it's all that kind of. <laughs> no, it's true. Back and forth, false I, intimacy. No, that's that's spot on, and I feel like there's a lot of that that's still just coming to light with not being able to be heard, and I mean, you know, and I think that's also part of being enough is just realizing that you have to get it from yourself, and that's so hard because. We want it from our parents. Well, the habit, because like imagine the first, whatever, 15, 20 years of your life, the economy of validation, like they were the ones printing the money. And no one taught you, mm -hmm. like, oh, you, you can actually print your own money the whole time. But I, I don't know, the four-year-old doesn't know to like print their own validation money and give it to themselves. Right. But now as an adult, like you've got an endless supply of validation printing you can do. And give to you. But I'm so like, well, no, I just, I'm going to wait for my mom or dad or, or this person that I'm dating. Aren't they going to validate? Can't they validate? Right. I mean, they sort of validate me a lot. Well, they didn't yesterday, but today they did. But tomorrow they went, oh, God. And they, you know, and then you, there's a whole like secret sort of like, I don't know. I have, okay, I'm going to have it. I'm going to put you on an Easter egg hunt for all the feelings I need you to validate. Right. So go figure it out. I'm not going to tell you. You just go out there and find all the eggs, open them, and it'll tell you exactly what you need to say to me or treat me. And like, do you want to live your life waiting for someone to stumble upon every egg? Mm -hmm. I, mean, no, I, I say this to myself going, oh my God, I've been waiting for someone else to fucking go on an Easter egg hunt. But they don't know they're on. Yeah. No, it's true. It's the exact same way. You get that validation from social media. You get it, you know. From... Right. Social media, I feel like, is the worst. It's only feeding oh, yeah. like, every piece. Of, even though I'm on it, I use it. It's part of the business. But it te I believe right, I, it, the danger or the poison of it is like, it's just teaching me to look outside. Right. To get as many validation yep. followers as they can. Higher levels of anxiety or also depression, all associated with people that are on social media a lot. It's true. It doesn't really serve any good as far as the validation or as far as, you know, being enough from yourself is concerned, unless you already have that going in. Right. If you're doing it from a place of I'm enough, I'm full, and I can swim in this ocean and splash mm -hmm. around, I'm not going to drink this whole ocean up to feel full, then I guess you can do I, I, I'm 
I, this is all theory because I'm just living in no. this. Like, I think I'm enough. No, it's true. Am I enough now? I've been hanging out at enough for the last eight months. Yeah. Well, this is weird. I don't know what to do. I feel like I don't have to do anything. You know, like what happened to the workaholic overachiever overcompensator? How do, what do I do with those muscles? What do I do with those mm. blow darts? What are you feeling? Like, what did you feel at the gallery? Like when you were there and your friends all there, I walked in and you were giving your speech and I was like, oh my God, this is like a who's who moment. It was great. It was, it was a lot of just really raw and authentic people that were there, which made me feel good. I don't really like crowds <laughs> or, you know, the brooding artist full of angst always. I don't really like people. <laughs> Not, of course I like you and I like something, but you know what I mean. Like, I like you, get the fuck out. <laughs> I would rather, you know, spend a night alone than out, even if it was my own thing. Um, I think it was a lot of, it was just a really great place to be because I normally don't like people, but having those people there, they were very special to me. So it felt really good to be there with them. I feel like there's still more work to do and all of us, especially me with parents. And that kind of came to light too. Right. I mean, you had a, did you have a moment in the galleries with your yeah, because they they came yeah. they came where were they living at? Yeah, they came, flew all the way out from Seattle for it. From Seattle to all the way to New York. Okay, to New York for this, yeah. your big moment. So they, they did show up. They absolutely physically showed were up. there. Absolutely showed up. Yes, <laughs> physically they were there, which is great. But sometimes that's all you can ask. I just feel like I mean I saw your mom downstairs on her phone. You know, yes, like, yes. I'm like, oh my god, I can't believe it. I do feel like um, you know I'm finally realizing that the relationship that I want with my parents is one that I'm going to have to create on my own or create in my head in turn also letting go the hopes that I had had for a relationship with them with me outside of religion and them within it and that's oh, right that's kind of um, right. been difficult for me um, you know I feel like me and my parents can have a great relationship if we just don't talk about it but it's such a huge part of their lives right, right. and it's such a huge part of who I was or who I actually who I am because it you know, a lot of the reasons why I am the way I am is because of it. And right, right. It's still, it's still tools. Oh, yeah. Whether you put the label of the tool on it or not, mm -hmm. it was shaped and forged yeah. through that religious, cultural upbringing. Yeah. And my story is unique, but I do know that some people do empathize with me. Whereas, you know, growing up religion, religious and parents sort of staying that way and then trying to be able to separate that from who you actually are especially with spirituality and other religions, it's been a really difficult journey. And I feel like I finally realized that I'll never have it the way that I wanted it. Right. Which may be what my parents have felt for years, that they, <laughs> they realizing that I'm not going to be the kind of son that they've always wanted to have. And so I they guess I'm having They that, wanted a Mormon man. Thing. Exactly. With six man. kids and, you know, a big house with a white picket fence that is in the bishopric and does all the good Mormon things. And that's just not what I want for myself. I wouldn't be happy that way. And it wouldn't be authentically you. I mean, right. you'd be like taking photos and kind of restating, like, like you were, right. you know, in Patagonia, it wouldn't be like, okay, we need to move the mountains yeah. to the right a little exactly. and open this here and then deny your real colors. And can you move the water level higher and then get rid of the paint or whatever, and animals, yeah. you know, like, then that wouldn't really be an authentic moment, yeah. right? How would you live completely staging who you are? It's interesting. In your natural state. Yeah. I don't feel like you can choose who you're attracted to in a lot of different ways, but I also don't feel like you can choose what you're attracted to in life, right? Like I was drawn to 
just be an artist. My dad wanted me to go to school to do something different, to get a real job. I'm sure your parents have said something like that to you, but you're drawn to something. And I think a lot of what you're drawn to is to heal those wounds. But, you know, at the same time, as you're trying to heal these wounds, constantly exposing yourself. Right. Which is a real... Well, it's like I'm re-traumatizing myself when I do my coming out story on stage for an audience. I'm making fun of it, but I'm like, well, yeah, yeah, my parents really didn't see me. And... Yeah, I, 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 I'm here today, uh, kind of like, it's like a pearl. Yeah. It's like there's an irritant, and then you built this pearl over the irritant, but that's from an irritant. Mm-hmm. And you yeah. built this beautiful necklace or this beautiful empire, but it started from this place of healing that, mm-hmm. right? Do you think that it's ever going to be healed for you? Do you think? Well, so here's the thing, be... the thing that I've discovered, I was mentioning before, like I was saying, uh, before we started taping, you know, I got divorced, and my mom and my dad, my my brother had been divorced because we're Catholic, and Catholics don't divorce. They just they just annulled his first marriage, so really he didn't have a first marriage. It just was photoshopped out. And so when I got divorced, I mean, it was hard enough to be gay in a Catholic right. environment, but then I got married, and they were sort of like, okay, well, at least it's you you have all these things we want you to have. And then when I got divorced, they just they just were like, no, you can't get divorced. You know, if you look out the, over that fence, you're going to be alone. There's no one out there. You know, my, that was like my dad supporting me. You will be alone. Yes. There's no one else out there. Look, 50, 53 years. You know, he is not perfect. You're not perfect. Your mother, definitely not perfect. Do the work. You know, she's like, love is not a feeling. It is a verb. Do your job. And my mom's like, well, you know, some people uh, get divorced because they're lazy and they don't do the work. Oh, Ouch. I was like, ow, yeah. just like stabbed me. Oh but I realized that that's not about me. That is their religious universe. And there's, and it, it's just, I've been mean, doing no contact, I don't know how many months now, just like, because it's, I, I realized I'm just re-traumatizing myself and invalidating who I am by trying to get them, I'm trying to lobby them to vote differently about my life. Right. With their opinion about my life, I realized, when I came out, I'm like, I'm, I'm gay, I'm not gonna go to med school, I'm gonna be a designer, I'm gonna go to New York. Screw you. And I, was, I, I felt like I was free. And I realized there's a piece of me in the back that's still like, has been wanting their approval. And I'm like, no. I'm like, oh my God. Yeah. Because mm-hmm. it'd be clearly if that, if that, what they said wouldn't have mattered. I don't care how they decorate the house. I don't care what they've done to my room. My childhood bedroom is looked ridiculous. What they, you know, with plastic vines and Joanne fabrics and every, it's a gay kryptonite what's happened to my bedroom. <laughs> But that's they're free to do that. But I, for some reason, they're not, they're not free to have their own opinion about my life. Like they have to have a certain story about me mm. for me to feel okay. But that's like my freedom now is like, oh, I maybe they can just have that, and I don't have to. I I I have to grieve the fantasy relationship that I've never had with my family, and then there's this other fantasy that I'm that I have to let go of that I'm trying to make them be. It's hard. It's hard to, right? yeah. Like, what's the reality? That's who they are. Like, I, I want mm-hmm. them to accept me for who I am. I'm a gay man in New York. I'm an artist. I didn't go to medical school. Ah, tough shit. But, like, I can't accept who they are. Like, how dare you be, you know, World War II survivors who came from complete poverty and had to, like, your villages were burned, you know, by the Japanese multiple times. You've seen so much, you know, bodies and, 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 and all this kind of trauma. But how dare you not get my, my hip new life? How dare you not get yeah. my divorce process and journey? How dare you just take your... I mean, a part of me is like, yeah, how dare you? But mm. at the same time, I'm like, how, they've come from... 
how they've treated me in some ways is completely inappropriate. But I do get contextually that they they just like they're like underfed. They were not nourished in ways emotionally that would give them the the ability to even know how to see me, right? Mm-hmm. So one way, like I get why you can't. It's still horrible the way you're treating me, but I understand why. Right. But I still am not. You're not hanging out. Like I'm not letting. Like I realize. Like my parents are like. I think of them as like this. I I can see my mom now as like a really happy, loving, giant Labrador that comes into the house with a big tail and is like wagging and wants to help, but they're breaking everything and like, why don't I let the dog in the house? Yeah. Leave it in the yard. Yeah. And it's fine. But if you bring it in the house, like, oh, but my feelings, oh, this is my, these are boundaries and I'm letting you, I'm crossing them by letting her into places mm-hmm. that I don't just, I, I just can't discuss these things with her now. I realize like because of her religious upbringing, because of their conservative beliefs, because of their agenda for how my life should look, religion or not they want me to be happy but they want it to look a certain way they want to be happy to them right like, to them i'm like oh their so, idea so i'm like oh don't don't open yeah. go outside don't bring them in here go outside mm-hmm. the house and meet them out there but don't bring them in there i bring my friends i bring people that really get it that see it that feel it that yeah. smell it that enjoy it but I, i'm teaching myself i'm telling you this while i'm teaching myself this like i'm relearning like oh right so yeah, yeah, don't do don't do thanksgiving just just Plan Thanksgiving with yeah, my friends. I'm doing the same thing. Like it's true. Yeah, I'm like I just tell my friend like, hey, who's who's around? I'm gonna throw a nice party. We'll yeah. have a little dinner and and like that way I'm not re-traumatizing, showing up, being invisible. You know, I'm vegan. That's a simple one. My mom knows, but I get there. Right. Like, oh, you forgot to make food for me. Okay, well I'll make some for myself. Here, have some green beans. Right that's here's it. some rice. Oh, but there's <laughs> meat in the rice. <laughs> oh, but don't worry, it's lean. I'm like, ugh. You know, like she made an omelet with eggs, pork, and steak. But it's all lean, you know. And then oh it was like, gosh. then she made a separate pork, a separate steak, and all the. I'm like, it's still meat. Well, drain <laughs> the fat. I'm like, you need to drain the meat out of it, okay? <laughs> but like, that's it's just. But it's, a, it's an example of like my mom, reaching to me but not making it, mm-hmm. and it's like, you know, they don't know how to use the camera. Like they don't know what an f stop is. Right. Like I can't go. Why don't you understand what an aperture is? Right. The depth of field. Don't you get the depth of field, mom? I spent years figuring out depth of field. You don't know how to. No. They just don't have it. It's hard. I feel like in order to move forward, you have to give up all hope of a better past, right? And it's really hard to do to sort of internalize all of those things that you're talking about because each of you wanted a different life for who you are, and you have to just give that up, and that's the hardest part of everything. Well, it's also like if if I let my mom off the hook, then I'm off the hook. Why is that? Because then... You, there's a saying like, well, do you want to police the universe? Well, then you have to be in that prison. Who else is in that prison making sure they stay in that cage? Like, I, if I'm busy judging my mom and making sure she knows she's wrong. Right. Then, then you're I'm, right there with her. I'm hanging out going, hey, just so you know, it's like when you're a kid. Like, I just want you to know, I'm not talking to you. Hey, I'm not talking to you. Yeah. Uh, uh, hey, hey, I'm not talking to you. I'm, I'm totally not talking to you. I'm like, I'm spending all my time telling you and talking to you to let you know I'm not talking to you. And I'm like, I could be out playing on the playground or off somewhere else living my life. But I'm, a part of me is hanging out in this orbit trying to fix something that doesn't need to be fixed. Because I, obviously I need to rescue myself. And I'm, and I'm still waiting for them to rescue a part of me in this weird mm-hmm. game I'm playing. I'm not saying I do it all the time, but I caught myself going, oh, what if I just let my mom be who she is? If she didn't have to change who she was, for me to feel okay. Like the saying in the 12 step, like 
you can be happy whether or not the alcoholic has been drinking or not. Right. Like, well, they're drinking. I can't enjoy this party because that person's drunk. Like, well, I could also just be over here or, or go to another room in the house. Right. Or don't go to that party. They're all going to be fine. <laughs> well, I can, can I just hang out and everyone not get, can everyone not black out? That was like me in, in Fire Island. Like, why is everyone blacking out? Well, why are you hanging out in the house where they're all doing cocaine and drugs? Exactly. Like, I mean, they're cute, but like, they're all blacking out. Yeah, but they have abs. <laughs> <laughs> that makes up for it. That's I mean, okay. come on. They like me. Yeah. Like, I don't care if they like you. They're not here now. <laughs> but, you know, it's like I've been having to relearn, like, what's really important to me? Yeah. What's, you know, like I've been seeing somebody now and like, oh, my God, this person's all in. They're giving me their avails. Here's my avail for this whole week. And they're giving me their time. Like, oh, my God, like, this is amazing. Is that scary, though? Because you're so not used to being treated that way well, that when it happens, you sabotage Well, it, right? here's the thing. Because before, I would settle for that. I would settle for like, okay, I'm gonna giving them my avails and not hearing back. It's like a club I'm trying to get booked at. Come on. Come to my, well, you, you do. You want to see me. You want to play tennis. But then you just sort of disappear for a couple of days. And I'm like, oh, were you high when we were fine? Oh, that's right. You're high. Oh, well, that's fine. I'm totally fine. Because I'm completely sober. I'm sober enough for both of us. It's totally fine. Like, I was doing these kind of crazy yeah, uh, you're justifying I'm it. Justifying, right? I'm okay. No, it's good. I should just, because like my mom would say, you should be thankful you have feet. You should be thankful you have water. Our gratitude list was kind of trauma-based. Mm -hmm. So the, the, the bar was so low. So low. Oh, my God. It was so low that I didn't think I could ask for more than that. Or as long as, well, nobody, mm -hmm. I'm not on fire. No one broke my bones. I have not set on fire. And they didn't stab me. Okay, yeah. so I guess we're in a relationship. I mean, it was like so... I mean, it sounds like oversimplified, but I realized I had settled in situations where I'm like, am I, am I running to both sides of the tennis court to keep this relationship going? Ugh. Yeah. Oh, shit. So now I'm in a situation like, oh, he really wants to be here. Okay. And I'm just taking it slow. I'm like, great. Is it scary, though, to like realize that you're actually enough by yourself? Well, that's the thing. Do you ever question and you're just like, what is this, what is this well, person doing here? But what we were both, But we were both talking about that. Right? Like, what's it like if people that you are in relationship with are icing and you're a cake and you're already enough? But the icing of having another person is really nice. It's an accent to your full life. Because before I'm like, can someone please bring me a cake? Right, yeah. And now I'm like, oh. Let's put some icing on my face. <laughs> I mean, it sounds a little, well, it sounds horrible. Well, that's horrible. But but now I realize that this is an interaction that's not going to complete me. It's not this, you know, Jerry Maguire, you complete me moment. I'm right. like, oh, I look at those movies. I'm like, this is fucking people up. This is screwing up. This is reinforcing that you're not a whole person and that someone out there is going to fix all of it. Yeah. So now I, I feel like this is a funny kind of, like the universe is going, well, if you believe you're enough, I'm going to give you someone who's going to treat you like you're enough and show up in a way that's available and you're not going to chase. Because you said you don't want to chase anymore. And I said, no. And I'm like, oh, oh, you're here. Okay. It's, I don't think I'm freaking out, but it is interesting. I feel like, like you know when, you, when you do the eye chart and it's like you all know E, F, P, T, O, Z. I just feel like everything's at the font of E. <laughs> like I can see everything here. It is so clear that you're in. I would date other people that's like all the bottom, like, oh, is that an M? Is that, is that, wait, are you available or not? I can't tell. Is that a yes? You want to date me? Are you fucking other people? Are you hot? I can't tell. But now it's like E, F, P, it's all that size. I'm like, okay, okay, nice. That's your sign. It's like, okay, good. Yeah. I'm not, I'm not complaining, but it is, it's different. It's scary. It's a little like, 
I guess I'll just um, do laundry, yeah. and then I'll see you tomorrow for we'll do play tennis and work out and make a pizza and cuddle. Yeah. Okay. I just do it like I'm just like just take it a day at a time. Uh, keep it simple. I don't. How long have you been with? with uh, about a year. Year. A year. Yeah. So it's like. Yeah. What's a year? That's yeah, it's a long time. She, uh, she's put up with a lot. <laughs> but it's interesting you say that she's put up with a lot, and so you feel like she's. She's not human. She's like totally perfect. Nothing's nothing's come up where you're like, you leave your shoes in the middle of the hallway or something. Like yeah, that. effort effort goes a long way. She puts in a lot of effort to make it work. I feel like she puts in a lot more than I do. Mm. But I, I feel like in your same boat, I was at a point where I was like, okay, I wonder what it's like to have a real <laughs> relationship, like a partnership. Yeah, yeah, with, like with an equal that's equally like participating. Yeah, with enthusiasm. Yes. Because that was not the case, and I'm sure it wasn't the case with you for the remainder of my life, you know, going back all the way to elementary, high school, whatever. And so I, I feel like once you put that call out there, it really kind of happens. But it's, for me at least, it was a really, really terrifying experience. Of like, oh my gosh, this is actually like a great person, like a real person. Like, right, that's right. really hard. But is it, do you, did you have a little flash? I don't know. For me, what happened was I started thinking like, why was I chasing that other guy? Or that person wasn't even available. They yeah. weren't. I mean, oh my God, why? But I, I have to forgive myself too. Going, well, you know what? That's yeah. that's what I thought was possible. Exactly. Then. At that point in your life, you didn't know any better. And also, that's also a reflection of where I was at. Like, that's what I only, I could only, I would only give myself what I believe I deserved. Mm -hmm. Right? So I'm like, well. Which should make you feel good when you're looking back at like the super overweight, tatted felon that you dated when you were 22 or whatever the case may be. <laughs> Because that's all you thought you could get, someone without voting rights, and now you're like, oh, wow, <laughs> this person actually... Who is disenfranchised like, by a system that yes. disenfranchised... But anyway... A, exactly, right. and not just you, but all of us, right? right all right. of us have done that. So, like, we, I don't know anyone going... Uh, who didn't say that they didn't... Say, I mean, I hope people have... My hope is that people grow and evolve so they exactly. can look back and go, wow, I've upgraded, or I've grown. Yes, exactly. I'm supposed to evolve like, wow, I really... I, I remember when I used to have eye contact with my partner. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Yeah, no, it's true. And so it's nice to kind of like finally get something that you put a call out there for. Right, right. Scary to think that someone's actually listening to you. Well, I don't know. Is it scary? Is it exciting? Maybe it's both. Yeah. I don't know. It makes I, it all so much more real. But I'm, I'm just like, okay, oh, I asked for that. Oh, you know, someone just sent me like 17 spots avails for this shit. I'm like, okay. Okay, wow. yes, yes, yes. Okay, yes. And I'm putting it in my calendar. I'm like, Congrats. I'm like, okay, yeah, it's great. And I'm like, okay, I didn't, I mean, did I ask? I guess I asked, yeah. That's but, incredible. But it's funny how, it's like, okay, well, I, I'm taking care of myself. I'm, it's, and there's also, I think, when I say no to certain things that no longer serve or are painful, and like, leave that space open, as opposed to filling it with clutter, of things, right. I don't like this, this is a painful relationship or dynamic. Like, just let it go. And then, oh, well, now there's space for other for other experiences. Yeah, there have been, you know, there have been a number of times that I can think back to where I actually, like, like to your point, I actually upgraded X, Y, or Z in my life. But in order to do that, you literally have to close out the old one without expectation of something new. Right. You have to like, like for instance, here's a good example. I moved to New York uh, a year and a half ago. I knew no, I knew two people in the city. I had no expectation of you know like oh i'm gonna do this this or this or i had no idea what was gonna happen but i knew that i wanted something more than what 
the great, amazing city of San Francisco could give me. And I love that town, but for my business, New York was where it's at. And so I saw so much potential and hope here. I had no idea what would come of it until I actually signed the documents, moved across the country, knew nobody, lived through a really awful month of storm. Remember that March, last March we had like five Nor'easters oh, in one God. month? Right, was, right, 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 right. It was, was really bad. Like... I was like completely lonely. I, I knew nobody. But after sticking through it, closing that door with a leap of faith, I mean, so many great things, amazing things have happened. But that never would have happened if I stayed in San Francisco. And I think a lot of it is really making room for things in your life by closing out the old ones without an expectation of what is going to be there to fill it. You know, just, just being like, this no longer serves me. This is not the direction I want to go. Right. And so many people just sit in that space because it's so much easier just to numb that, right? And you right. can numb it in a lot of different ways. You can numb it with alcohol or whatever, or just like watching TV. You know, like every night if I had just gone home from work and just watched TV every night and numb myself to, to actively thinking about, well, what can I do to make myself happier? What can I do to work on myself or be, be progressive? and think about what's next in my life and pay attention to that, I would still be back in, probably in Seattle. I'd probably have killed myself by now. Oh God. You smile at me like this joyous. I would have killed myself. Seattle's a great town. To kill like, yourself? To kill yourself. <laughs> yes. no. highest, highest depression rate in the nation. It's really? Just, yeah. Oh yeah. Super, super cloudy every day. Well, it's weird, cause I was just yeah. there a couple weeks ago. I, was just, I saw that. I was weeping. It was beautiful. Yeah, you had a stunning sun. I saw that the sun? sunset sun? that you posted. That, sun, that sunrise was like, yeah. where am I? They get like two or three of those a year, which well, are I, absolutely I, Well, I got, I got the yeah. photo. Yeah, and every other day it's just cloudy, like every day. And so they have the highest highest depression rate, highest um, medication rate for, you know, um, SSRIs, oh. like Zoloft and stuff. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It's oh, Seattle. Interesting. Is, and I felt it. Like seasonal depression is an actual thing. I was really depressed when I was Is that why there. everyone was coming up to me and being friendly? They were yeah. just dying to be... They're, they're dying to, to take their minds off of what's really going on with them. Because <laughs> some guy, I was actually lost. I was going up the, yeah. I was going up, I guess, past Queen Anne up to oh, it's 15th Avenue, you know, whatever the uh, the bridge, that orange and blue Oh, bridge, yeah. Uh, I used to live back Tumor, there. Or, uh, yeah, that's the Ballard. Ballard, Ballard yeah. Bridge, yeah. So anyway, but I was, because I was going to thing at the uh, Seattle Maritime Academy. And I'm just biking up along the east side and it's beautiful and then it's i'm like a sunny day sunny it's gorgeous and i'm like having i'm, I'm crying a little bit yeah. I'm like, this is so nice i don't have a helmet everyone else has helmets i don't have a helmet i'm gonna die this is so beautiful and then i get lost like there's a giant bridge that's like a yeah. hundred feet high and i'm like the drop the old drawbridge yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. And i'm like i don't know how to get on that but uh this guy is biking by i'm like hey i'm trying to get to is it he's oh that that bridge so go to this the orange and blue one he took he said come with me and so I'm, I'm like okay you're gonna take me like, yeah so i'm like following some yeah. random dude with like all the gear and the bikes i'm like this is so nice oh my god people are kind you know like it is absolutely beautiful but i think you got tricked a little bit <laughs> at least with the weather <laughs> no i well this is the thing the other time i was in seattle i was there in 2003 august 21 days of sun and then really? I think the first day I was in, it was a little rainy, and this, the last day I was in, it got a little rainy. But they had this weird drought, and everything was yellow. Yeah. Everything died because it never. They don't have air conditioning in Seattle. Anyway. So I was in the theater yeah. performing my show, and we were dying because there was no. Yeah. They had opened all these windows, but it was still. It just hadn't been designed to get hot. Right. Because it'd never been hot it, in it Seattle. It never gets hot. Yeah. So it was like part of, I guess, the beginning of the whole global. Well, not the beginning. It's another sign of no, global warming. It where is. Seattle has never used air conditioning. Now people are like. Yeah, it's ninety something degrees. Yeah, th you know, three weeks in a row. Yeah, no, it's definitely changed quite a bit. But growing up, it was never like that, so it was just cloudy a lot. 
which is great. I mean, I have great skin now. Right. Your skin's amazing. <laughs> you have no wrinkles. Because I never saw the sun. Right. right. Exactly. No, it's a great, don't get me wrong. I think it's a great town. And people love, some people love it. Um, my buddy grew up in Yuma, Arizona, mm. which is the sunniest place in the country. 340 something days of sunny year. And so he loves Seattle because he doesn't care to see the sun because he saw it for the first 20 years of his life. Right, right. Doesn't care at all. So he loves it. Cloudy days all the time. And uh, it's a great city for that. But <laughs> <laughs> It's a great city for there's 50 shades of gray. Yes, exactly. But it just wasn't for me. So I feel like finally being able to close that chapter in my life, taking the courage to do something about it and also being open and vulnerable to what may come regardless of not knowing what it is. That was huge for me. And time and time again... I mean, look at what your life is now. Yeah, it's not anything super special, but it's... Well, that, you just you just, you just shat on your National Geographic cover. Yeah, no, it's great. <laughs> it's great. You know, okay, it's very nice. Sometimes I get to shoot weddings all over the world. You know, we've done, like, Italy yeah, so how, and how did, how did all these ridiculous... I mean, I see the photos, and yeah. I'm just thinking, one, who are all these people with these spectacular you know, international, you know, destination weddings. Yeah. And how did you get connected to shooting these? I mean, there's like a woman who looks like a mermaid on the beach, but she's in a gown and the gown is just extending into the yeah. ocean. And it's, it's spectacular. These are like, these are like romance novel covers, but like high def, but real. <laughs> with the guy with the ripped With shirt. the ripped bodice. Yes, but it is, it, it, it is like, it's more, but it feels a little more like stylized. Vogue, Vogue did a bodice ripping romance novel cover every photo that you have is not and it's, but it's not cheesy it's this elevated like i feel i look at that like oh my god i could love again i look yeah, at every one of yeah, those photos that's and I, the hope you can oh see the emotion god. In it. i felt like i mean i part of me is going what is the budget for this but i felt like it just made me want to give myself permission to love again Oh, that's awesome. I was, I just looked at them. I was, I was like, no, that's I, enough. I, I that's, looked at a few and I would cry. That's so the like, goal is, you know, hopefully when people see them, they. Because some of them are not even, yeah. it's a spectacular location, but you see, like, you're able to capture, and maybe this is my projection, but it's, but it, you see, like, a, a, an intimate, something very tiny in this, the, the most ridiculously grand location and shoot. But I think as a photographer, like, how do you, I don't know, I mean, maybe you just have this, Maybe you're part like a midwife as well as a, a doula as well as a photographer because you also can't just tell them okay stand there and love each other right right, right. like how do you yeah. how do you help you have to it's it's really interesting you have to be um, in tune with yourself and in tune with them and you have to be um, sort of receptive to their chemistry together so it's almost like on your wedding day you're almost having a three-way with your photographer. Right. Right. It really is where you're, you're sharing emotion and you feel them out. And based on how the couple interact, that's how the image should be shot. Right. You don't, you don't ever put somebody into your template. You kind of have to go in, especially as an artist, and you have to mold yourself to them and kind of feel out where they're coming from. Right. And sprout out from the roots. Exactly. And, and the buds of who they are into like, oh, yeah. you can grow And then use this. it accordingly to get them the shot that they ultimately want. Yeah, but you're right. Some of them do have pretty extravagant budgets. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, 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 some of these, I'm just like, where are you? It's like, it's yeah. like Lawrence of Arabia, the wedding. You're yeah. like, oh my God. No, but you, you How just, do you find, how do they find you? I mean, obviously you shoot one and everyone wants to know. Yeah, a lot of it is um, once you, it's just like anything else. Once you start doing it, more just come your way. I mean, if you put a call out there for it, I'm completely self-taught. Like, you know, we talked about, I never, I've never taken a photography class, but just doing it and putting it out there 
and really, really, really just loving it, it comes back at you tenfold. I, I'm just kind of, I mean, I took like some high school photography classes and it was like mind boggling to figure out f-stops and exposures yeah. and lighting and rule of thirds. And then I look at your stuff and I'm like, you're self-taught, like you've never taken- But people say, yeah, people say the same thing about you though, with, with comedy and with all right. the stuff that you right. want to do. That you can't really train somebody for comedy. Actually, you can. I feel like that personally, the best comics are the ones that have been the most depressed, or the most held down, or the most um, discriminated against, or the mo- you know they've had a really hard life, and it comes from the same spot. It really does. The the brightest stars come from the darkest night, right? It makes mm. perfect sense. Mm. Mm. It makes perfect sense that like, you know, you can't really, but you can't go into like expecting that or training. Right. Well, let's try. And- 27 PTSD survivors and give them a microphone and see who's funny. Who's the funniest survivor? But a lot of it is the same sort of thing. And like you said, you know, you can't really train yourself for it. Just the same way that you kind of came up. You discover it. You find it. There's ways to set yourself up, but you still have to, I don't know, it has to reveal it or, I don't know, it emerges in the process. Mm -hmm. But still, I think it's like amazing to see, you know, that cover and then see these photos that you take and I'm like oh my god I mean when I was in high school it was like difficult to get yeah you know but imagine on the you're on a global scale you're traveling literally traveling the planet yeah every every week I'd pretty much fly somewhere I was just in Iceland last week and Mexico the week before that but it's more about just kind of like finding your calling right I mean right. you know you know what that feeling is like when you I mean I've seen you on stage and when you're up there you are totally in your zone you're like you're in your element and I think that's the right place when you're up there and you're feeling those emotions literally that's the right place to make all of your life decisions right. I'm not joking <laughs> right, right, because right, you're right. like so full of confidence and, and people you know my therapist says when you're supposed to make an important decision think about how you feel when you've just shot the most amazing photo that's when that's the mindset you should be in when you're thinking about the next step in your life like right. if you could not fail when you feel those those um, those absolutely immune emotions like you're immortal that's when you make your decisions. Right, like, right, okay, right. What, what, what would I do next? When everything's firing and you're in that zone. Yeah, right. and that's how you know you found your calling, right? Right. Because I could tell. I mean, I don't, obviously I know you, but I don't know a lot of the people that were on the stage. And you can tell when they're up there, you're like, oh, yeah, this person's really in it. Or sometimes they're like, oh, maybe they shouldn't quit their day job. <laughs> <laughs> it's the same thing with photographers. It's the right, same thing right. with any sort of art, right? If you're any sort of field where you're creating something for other people to enjoy whether it's painting or cooking or a musician or whatever if you're really really good at it that's really going to shine through right right yeah you know you're an artist i just i feel re-inspired to live my i want i want to get married again i want you to shoot it (laughs) let's do a photo shoot just yeah we don't need to get married let's just go do something do something right go out in central park and do some right right we'll do like drones and i'll i'll be like mermaid in the in the park or whatever i'll bring my my bike i'll do my cycling let's go back to the sphinx right bring those outfits bring all the outfits right oh my god if i still some of them have disintegrated they're like (laughs) millions of years old they're just like the tomb you know the shroud of tori um so how how can people find you what are ways they can um, um, as an artist, yeah. typically don't want to be found. <laughs> well, how can they experience your work? No, I'm work? kidding. I'm kidding. <laughs> Website's good. Um, Klangessel.com or Instagram, which is Klangessel. Okay, um, so C-L-A-N-E-G-E-S-S-E-L. Yep. And always happy, really though, honest, honestly, always happy just to talk to people. Like I get photographers all the time or inspiring photographer, inspire, you know, people that want to 
want to come up in the business that email me all the time and say, hey, we want to come shoot with you or hang out with you. I'm more than happy to let them, you know, come along with me on a photo shoot. Wow. Just okay. kind of see how it works. and uh, Like a mentor. Yeah, 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 exactly. I feel like the more people you can help or expose the business to and say this is exactly what it really is out there. Do you want to be a part of this or not kind of a thing. <laughs> I wish somebody had done that to me 15 years ago, right? Wow. Yeah, well, that's, that's true. very generous. That's every very every industry has sort of a backside to it, right? Right, right. But not everyone's like, oh, get out of my way, kid. I, got, yeah. I work alone. I'm solo. Or oh, no, no. I, I mean, you're very warm and charming yeah. and inviting. I'm just saying, but you know, when you work... Can that get in the way if there's people around? And can you... it, yeah, I mean, if you're in the zone, then it's good. I just, you know, more than anything, I wish that somebody had done that to me, mm. and nobody did that to me. And you know, it's it's a lot of I attribute a lot of that to my success. Had I known what I know now, 15 years ago, I would have got discouraged. I would have done it. You would have done it. Of course, right. absolutely. I mean, come on, you're the same way. It's right. all it's true. If you had known what you know now. You'd have been like, oh, fuck this. Right. I'm going so to medical school. Exactly. My parents are right. This is going to be way too much work. Like, right. way, like, you have to dedicate what? You have to work five, you know, 5,000 hours a year, like way more than the average person just to get by, just to, you know, be at the baseline. Forget it. I'm not going to do it. But my naivety kind of pushed me through, which is good. So anyway, yeah, I'm happy to help and um, happy to share everything I know. I'm complete open book. Oh, that's great. Wow. Oh, you're sweet too. No. <laughs> Overwhelmed, abundantly joyful. Ah! <laughs> you should come along. Yeah. Well, you should. Well, I'll, I'll, you know, I'll get my sunscreen and we'll yeah. go do whatever. Yeah, let's do yeah, it. That'll be fun. Ooh, give you on location. <laughs> I'm serious. Okay. Well, we'll figure something out. That'll yeah. be fun. Okay. I'll be one of your groupies. I'll yeah, that'd be, be great. I'll be carrying. Oh, that's not, I'll be carrying the film. There's no film. I'll be carrying the SD cards or the. There you go. What are you carrying? The Switching external out. hard. What are you? What yeah, are you, the hard drives. Hard drives. Above, just switching lenses. Mostly. Right. I'll be hard drive holding in a in a in a in a, in a thermidor. What do you need to? <laughs> but if you're in the desert, you can't just leave these SD cards or whatever. Oh out. no, no, no. It's, it's gonna be uh, in a in a like a refrigerated container. Or yeah, something. they have um they have these little external hard drives that are self powered. You can carry them around, and all you have to do is plug in your card, and you close it up so it's weather sealed, and it'll download the photos to this little backup drive mm -hmm. as you're going along, so you never lose a photo. And they're all like, and it's like a temperature mm -hmm. control, self-contained, like temperature wow. controlled, regulated, everything. But it's sealed from weather, from sand, which is yeah, yeah. The sand is your number one. Yeah, color. they're expensive though. Yeah, well, but how do you have? There's still a slit. Is it like? Are you like, yeah. I feel like a hazmat, like you're in like, you have yeah. gloves and you have to like put the thing yeah, inside. Yeah, you do. It's oh, you one do. of those like rubber things that you have to open up, you know, those rubber things that go on like, you know, the North Face zip jackets oh. to cover up the zip. So it's like a double seal yeah. within a seal. it's the same thing. Oh. It's like a double seal. You open it up and you have to stick it in there. So yeah. It's almost like you're doing like, um, like a Petri dish and you're doing all yeah. this experiment. That, but that makes complete yeah. sense. Of course it has to be completely yeah. contained. If not, it would be... The anthrax will come out. <laughs> the anthrax and all the sand. The sand. That's right. Like, oh, I love yeah. it. I love it. Oh, well, it's been great. It's so great chatting with you, Clint. You too, um, always. So for more information, you go to WTYPod. That's WTYPOD.com. We there have podcast. You can find us on... Well, you're listening to us either on iTunes or SoundCloud or somewhere. But leave us a review. Uh, and you can uh, read more in the little hashtags. I'll place with this to find out more about Clay and his work and his generosity. Uh, thank you so much. Thanks, Rich. Yay, big hug. Mm. That's great. W-T-Y!
It's a comedy journey. 